Now, as we go to the scripture this morning, again, it's about relationships, but relationships that go a variety of different directions. And there's a word that is used that is used a lot when you talk about faith or when you talk about a relationship with Christ or when you talk about God. And that word is saved. And you're going to hear that word today in the scripture from Ephesians. What I want to do is have us explore. I'm going to ask you a question at the end of worship to take with you and to talk about. And it is, as you hear the sermon, as you hear the scripture, as we think about each other in relationship, what does it mean to be saved? Linda? But God, who is rich in mercy out of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead through our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the ages to come he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not the result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are what he has made us, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. Holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God. There are four words that define our mission as a church. We are Aldersgate United Methodist Church growing in faith, love, health, and service. As we begin to move into this time of examining stewardship, we're going to look at it from a Wesleyan perspective. It is what we're spending a year kind of exploring. How is it that we are stewards of our own faith? Caretakers, if you will, of our own faith. How is it that we are caretakers of relationships? And what are those relationships? And where do they happen? And how do we create health? even in those relationships, or even more so, how do we continue to create health in our bodies? The body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. It is what the soul is. And so how do we not only create health in our souls, in our relationships, but really even physical health in ourselves so that we might be able to carry good news to others? And finally, how do we broaden the relationships beyond our doors, How are we caretakers of those in need in our community and in the world? And what does that then mean for us as a church? As we look ahead, as we vision for the future, what does that mean for us? Those, what I just described, are the five weeks of focus. What we're going to do, as I said, is we're going to watch this video. And as you see the pictures kind of moving forward on the screens, again, my question to you is, what is it that ties all of these together? from that couple that you just saw to the flock of geese and the V, even to the beautiful autumn colors. What is it that ties all of those things together? But I want to remind you as we prepare for the video, what I want you to look for is where do you see faith? Where do you see love? Where do you see health? Where do you see service in the midst of this video? This is a beautiful story shared with me by Brant Henshaw, member of this church and our conference treasurer, as an appropriate beginning to the idea of stewardship. Choir, are you okay? You want to stay where you are? Okay. 
Jim, let's watch the video. Jim, can we dim the lights up here? I had an accident and my hip was broken in so many pieces. I have two rods in my hip. She's an angel among us. If you watch her in the bread company, everyone comes in to see Catherine. You know, we sell the bread, but I feel like there are some people who specifically come with prayer requests and uh, I go pray for them. One day when we were sharing, she said she was in need of a different car, that her car was needing expensive repairs. I had been saving money, but uh, I knew it wasn't enough, so I knew I would take a few years to save for it. So a couple months later, I went in, I said, Catherine, how's your car fund coming? And she said, I gave it all away. And I looked at her and, and she said, there was a widow in need and I gave her the $5,000. I struggled a lot when I gave that money. And uh, I said, I feel okay, but do you think I did the right thing? I mean, I cannot give what I don't have, so I just give what I have. I was shocked, and so I come home and I tell Pete that we needed to help Catherine with her car fund. He looked at me and he said, no, I think we need to buy Catherine a car. And I said, okay, great. Pete called Scott and said, do you know Catherine Great Harvest? And he said, yes, he did. Pete said, well, we'd like to buy her a car. He asked Pete, do you want to use your new car? And it just hit him right in the face. Why would he ask me that? Of course I would want a used car. That's good enough. He just paused for a moment and he said, I want a new car. And he said it was silent on the phone for a few seconds. And Scott said, whoa, I want to help. And so he pitched in some so she came to the bakery and uh, she asked me, if you were to buy a car, what kind of a car would you like? I said, Debbie, I'm not really planning to buy a car. But she said, oh, just tell me. And she said, I'd like a SUV cruise control. And she said, I'd like a light color. And we called Scott and he said, I think I've got the perfect car. So Pete said, can we deliver it tomorrow? So we have the bread company owner and his family, Scott and his family and our family. And Catherine sees us all coming in and she's just all excited to see everyone. And uh, I went to give them hugs and I said, what's Pete doing here? I did have the, the biggest idea. When I went out, And so we walked her over to the car. We said, Catherine, this is your new car. So, oh, I said, for me, this is for me. He said, 
shattered hip with two rods. She couldn't walk well. She was in pain all of the time. And yet, what did she choose in the midst of that? She chose to live a life of grace, a life of love. I, I love the way that she would embrace. I love the way that she would hug. I mean, it was with her whole self that she would grab on and hug people, trying to infuse them with the kind of love that she felt she was carrying because of God. It was incredible, wasn't it? The other thing to, to notice is, notice how often you see, particularly at the beginning, the kneading of the dough, preparing the dough for what is to come and to create something very special. And I think that's at the root of what this video is. And I'll come back to that in just a second. My favorite line, and there are two, but my favorite line, and you, you all chortled when you heard it, <clears throat> I knew God had a lot of cars. I didn't know God had a car for me. And what we need to do in the midst of that is to underline the word car and remove car and think of how many things we could put into that space. How many things that we could fill into that gap I didn't know God had this for me. And yet, there it is. The other thing to notice is, is the other phrase was generosity begets generosity. And generosity isn't just about money. Money was such a secondary piece of this video and is such a secondary piece of this story. But what she did toward the end is she received and that's where I think so many of us struggle 
is to receive that kind of help. And yet then, as she was driving away in this new car, what did she say? Giving is in the very nature of Jesus Christ. It is in the very nature of God. And there's a word that we use that describes that better than anything. And it is the word grace. It's why we sang Amazing Grace at the beginning of the service. And we keep thinking that grace is just this gift for me, this gift for my life, this gift, this free gift of God that, that, that I have access to. And when grace is so much bigger and so much broader than that, I love what Wesley kind of came up with when it came to grace. And we see it throughout this video. The fact that, that there is a grace of God that goes before us, that surrounds us constantly. All you have to do is look out the window. Or, or even more so, all you have to do is look around you, knowing that every person in this sanctuary is a gift of grace to every other person in this sanctuary. Why? Because God surrounds us with that kind of love. And more often than not, that kind of love, that love of God, that relational love of God, comes through each other. It does. And it's God's action of wooing us into that relationship. Wooing us into a deeper understanding of that love and grace. But here's the deal, friends. We have to choose to receive it very much like what she chose to do with the car. She chose to celebrate it. She chose to receive it. And I have to ask you this morning, when was the last time you chose to receive that love and that constant grace that God makes available to you every day? Second question, when was the last time you recognized it? When was the last time you looked and thanked God for that gift? More importantly is that first question. When was the last time you chose it? It requires of us a decision. It does. To say yes to this gift of God's grace. Third, what Wesley calls sanctifying grace. It is that grace that allows us to continue to go deeper. It is that grace which allows us to see more readily the love of God that surrounds us. That grace that recognizes and accepts the love that we see even in the relationships. It's that grace where we understand things like the need for prayer, the need for study, the need for groups that we can come into that can take us deeper into that understanding deeper into a recognition. And again, you saw it here. It's so clear in this video. Every single one of those elements, that element of faith and being defined by faith, even in the midst of sometimes the frailty that is us. It is the giving piece of that that, that says, I, I'm not in this alone and I will give to you whatever it is that you need, whether it's an embrace or a cinnamon roll or a car. It's how God seeks to help us know 
of God's love for us. Grace. Grace. So I said earlier on that what I am asking you to do is to ask the question then, what does it mean to be saved? And friends, what if that has absolutely nothing to do with a life beyond this one? What if being saved has nothing to do with whether or not we get to heaven? What if saved has to do with everything you saw in that video? And did you hear what the woman narrator, the one who began to give this gift, said? We were all in tears as we saw what happened with Carolyn. And guess what? The care that they had for each other is what saved them all. It's not just about saving souls, friends. It's about saving lives. And it's not just about feeding someone who is hungry. That is a mandate that we have, but it has to come out of our ability within ourselves emotionally to offer that kind of friendship, that kind of support, that kind of love. And there is the cycle again. When was the last time you made a conscious decision to follow Christ? When was the last time you made a conscious decision to follow Christ? We're going to take one minute in the quietness of this place and I want to give you that opportunity today. We don't often do this in the United Methodist Church. And if this is the first time where you've made this decision and you need some help with it, I'm here. But I'm asking you today to decide for the first time or decide again that what you saw in that video is what's going to define your life. Let's take a moment and just think about and pray about that.